guys, and welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview because our, our today's guest is bringing a topic close to my heart that has been riding me throughout my life. Anxiety. And many of you who have listened to my show, you know that I, I suffered from anxiety, depression, PTSD, secondary to shitloads of trauma. Um, yes, of course, I self-medicated with alcohol and, and uh, bad behaviors, <laughs> well, in the sense of being a workaholic. So, and then I went into rehab and I changed my life and it was also beautiful. And I've done a lot of work and I'm proud of myself. And guess what? I'm still waking up with symptoms, still waking up with anxiety. I'm still waking up with, with sometimes, you know, neurochemicals waving over me um, and, and flushing through my system, which make me oh, use all my skills and then some to get on top of it. Is something wrong with me? Hey, did I not do enough work? You know, so today I've got Rachel McLeod here on my show because she has specialized in that. She is looking into that. Why do people have ongoing symptoms despite of years of therapy? And I'm, I can't wait to actually listen and bounce ideas around with her. So Rachel, welcome to my show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm. Um, you normally don't really become an expert in something like that unless you have gone through it. Um, that's pretty much a given. <laughs> it's not something that you think, okay, what's the, the tiniest chapter in the psychology textbook? And maybe I specialize on that. <laughs> so let's start with the beginning. Were you, when you grew up, were there lots of pressures on you? And was there, were you a highly anxious, anxious young woman? Yes, I was. Um, and uh, I come from a family of quite a bit um, and gnarly complex uh, trauma and generational patterns of trauma. And uh, I grew up in my family system, the a golden child. And so um, that meant that I had to excel and be the evidence of our family's wellness. Right. So um, that also meant that I had to tune out any problems I would have or um, any negative feelings that I would have. And so um, so this was really confusing because how do you address something that you can't look at directly? Right. And so and so I didn't. And I ended up going through school and I got I was an athlete. I played volleyball in college. Um, I went and got my master's in social work. I was going to be this therapist. And it's interesting that um, I don't think you get into this field without unconsciously knowing that you need to figure out your own stuff. <laughs> but I still wasn't aware. So it was happening unconsciously. And um, I get a degree in, in, in social work. I'm doing therapy. I'm actually working with people with substance abuse disorders. And um, I was using talk therapy strategies. And I was really either, I was just very not liking the results I was getting. I'm like, what, we're going to talk about this? We're going to talk about this for the next 20 years? Like, they need help now. They're going to relapse and go use drugs, maybe die, you know? And we're going to, okay. we're on a 25-year plan of healing. And I was just really frustrated because I was like, I, I'm studying. I'm doing, I'm doing what I've been taught. And um, my department was closed. And so we all got laid off. And um, I had a hard time finding a job because I was already pregnant. And mm. um, I decided I was quitting. 
and I hated the whole field. This talk therapy thing is stupid or I'm really bad at it. One of the two, probably both. And, um, and I quit. And so three years later, I had had two more children. So I had three children under three and I was in a mental health crisis. And so this one was, I could not high performance out of it. It caught up with me. I was going down. And so I couldn't solve my problems. I was foggy minded, couldn't concentrate. I was anxious. I was insomnia. I was doing all of the things. And uh, my husband suggested I go see somebody. And so I didn't want to go see them, but I did. And I got diagnosed for the first time with obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. And that was only the tip of the iceberg. I was, I really, um, if they had had better assessment tools or if I had had more insight and awareness, I would have also been able to share that I would have, I, I would have been diagnosed with complex PTSD. And so here I was a therapist, no clue that all this crud is not working. (laughs) So when people tell me their therapist is crazy, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, I know exactly what you're talking about. If you do not do your own healing work, you, it, it really will catch up to you. And you really can't understand the nuances and the need for wellness and the creation that goes into this. But what happened was I ended up seeing somebody who was doing some electromagnetic thing that blew my mind. She helped my son resolve a health symptom that the doctors couldn't resolve. She helped me resolve that in three days. And it was light light and dark, like one one and done. And um, I went back to her and asked for help. She gave me the training DVD set for emotional freedom techniques, which is not a talk therapy strategy. So I was all ears because I was mad at them. I was mad at the doctor. I was mad at everybody. And so she, um, she gave that to me. She said, try this. It will change your life. And she, I, if she had told me to stand on my head and breathe like this, I would have done it. But I go home, I read that I watched the instructions and that night I'm laying in bed with racing thoughts and I'm panicking and I am, I cannot get to sleep. And something says, why don't you try that little thing? So I go and I pull it out and I try these, the tapping points. I'm trying to figure it out. I yawn. I'm like, Oh, let me try it again. And I I'm tapping on the different points and I fall asleep. I wake up the next morning and I am like, what else can I try this on? Cause I didn't even choose to go to sleep. I just was like, anxiety, panic attacking, and I was out. So I wake up and I like start, anytime I'm noticing I'm anxious, I'm using this intervention. Anytime I'm noticing my obsessions and my compulsions that I can't get out of, I'm using this. And all of a sudden I don't need to do them anymore. And I feel like I got this whole get out of jail free card. And I think my life starts working. I start solving my problems. I feel whole like myself and powerful. And like back to, you know, at that time, I didn't understand the depths I would need to go in my healing. And so it's going to go back to achieving. And I did. <laughs> and, um, but it was, this was a real thing. And I thought if I ever go back to work, this is what I'll do. Cause I quit the field, you know, I, I, I quit. <laughs> So, uh, so that's really what I did. And what I was doing, I, I wanted, I eventually I, I did go back. I wanted to see if this would help me, other people like it helped me. And it turns out it did. And then, so I, I started a practice and I, I just was helping people, but they, and we would solve problems, but they would still have this disorder. And I was like, no. So I started working with them and we were, you know, just playing around with how do we end the disorder? How do we do that? And so after one after another, we were, we were accomplishing it. 
And so then I started seeing the patterns. And um, I also thought emotional freedom techniques was the end all be all. But then I was trained in EMDR and I saw that was also getting results. I was trained in um, thought-filled therapy that would also uh, end symptoms, help the brain end symptoms. And then I ended up taking some interpersonal neurobiology where they talk about brain function. And I finally really made the connection that it's not the interventions, it's that the brain actually has a natural process for resolving symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress. And that process gets blocked. And so the brain cannot complete the process. And so, and so the symptoms repeat the information the body's trying to send up and, and do its job of communicating what's going on in the outside world and the inside world. It's trying to complete that process and it can't. And so these interventions actually really help the brain right where the brain gets stuck in its symptom resolution process. And it unblocks the process and all of a sudden that information can get through and that and the body and mind no longer need to recycle that information like that. Plus all the information that actually makes it through the, the natural healing process, um, all of that stuff gets converted into a different form that really the brain will use for wellness. And even though it was a traumatic, awful experience, once it gets through the process, there's understanding, insight. Um, all the pain is converted into a different kind of energy, which mm. restores people's motivation. And really the brain can then go do all this repair work that it was waiting to do because it just didn't, it wasn't getting the full reports of the things that have been happening. And so when I really realized that I'm just helping the brain complete its work, hmm. that's really, that's it. That's, that's all I'm doing here. And the brain is able to resolve symptoms and then do the healing work that needed to happen. Hmm. Like for instance, with those of us with complex childhood trauma, and we had early trauma, our early system was working on survival, which means there's lots of brain work and, and neurodevelopment that it's not a priority. So the brain is really not spending time doing that. And so we come up with missing wiring and our system isn't doing what it needs to do. And so all of a sudden we have these problems. So all of a sudden you just help the brain do the work and bam, it works. And that's really, that's why I'm here. And that's what you're, that's what you're really describing. That's you, you have beautifully gone behind the neurobiology of post-traumatic growth. And you're basically describing those those steps that that I was lucky to go through. Um, but interestingly enough, as you say, there is um, sometimes you look at a pump, uh, at a problem or at a situation from one side, and you come against walls, walls and walls, and it just doesn't work. And then you you settle the horse from a different end, and suddenly you think, bloody hell, uh, you make that breakthrough. Happened with me with with hypnotherapy um, uh, with PTSD. Um, the, it did not became clear to me for a long time that PTSD was actually a very strong driver in me. I had disguised all the symptoms and everything. I disguised it in really positive ways. I'm a, I've got a good good situational awareness. I'm a good doctor. Nothing can catch me out. Yeah, I was hypervigilant to the nth degree, and it took a different approach. And but it it opened the door immediately. It actually, literally, like with you, three sessions, bedim, bedim. I had that problem suddenly done and dusted, and I had spoken about the trauma that happened to me. But it suddenly there was this 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 insight 
yes. something changed something changed yes. and those symptoms were never the same again and in actual fact they disappeared for a better part of three four years now interestingly enough the interesting dreams are coming back um so uh intriguing so the, it, i guess the work never ends and we it's time for us to to constantly reevaluate and see where we can go um wow what a story girl what a story i think there's truth to the fact that the the work never ends i think that our you know our inner world is like a house um when you're you can't complete the processes of like um right making garbage putting garbage in your garbage and then taking the garbage out Mm. it's going to pile up with a bunch of garbage right and that's a lot of the work of unpacking and resolving an anxiety depression or trauma disorder and so you're cleaning out the 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 pile of unresolved issues that haven't made it through this process the Mm. brain's natural throwing out the garbage process Mm. and the healing process that comes with that. Mm. Um, And the other piece is that when people are finished, there are always dishes to be done and there's maintenance, you know, there is, and every once in a while, a pipe will break, right. Mm. Or something, or you decide, Hey, I want to pimp out my backyard, put a couple of, you know, this and that in. that's the brains do that. They say, Ooh, you know what? I just realized I wanted to build a new function. Uh, and so next thing you know, you're, you're going through the process. And when they do that, they go take out the stuff from the back hmm. and they pull it up. If you've done your trauma work, a lot of the stuff they pull up will already be processed and will just be seamlessly worked through because it doesn't register as pain in the brain like that. But you're always going to find stuff. I think that come, I suspect <laughs> that comes up in those in, in bringing the hmm. stuff forward that just has never, ever surfaced. And so that's why I really think it's important for people to learn how to do their own healing work, because that way, when this stuff comes up, they can really just wash their dishes, build their patio. Right. And then if it's a really if it's a more complex job, they can go get some support, but they're not helpless in the process. Right. Maybe they want another pair of eyes to look at it with them. Not you, you see what I mean? So it's it's really important to be able to. And really what we're talking about is right. This our, our body is this big receptor it's, it has all this it's let it's gathering information from our senses of what's going on outside of us and what's going on inside of us and then when we have this information that's coming through that registers in our brain as pleasure or mm. neutral it just zips through this process mm. unchecked very very fast it's electrical mm. it's running through the nervous system mm. but then on the same in the same report we might have information that registers in the brain as pain maybe emotional pain somatic pain relational pain any of that stuff that stuff starts signaling to the, the pain neurons start saying hey there's pain here in the survival system that's it's just jumping in hey there's pain we must be in danger we're going to close down this communication process and shift over into survival mode mm. just because this our communication system is saying there's pain. Mm. And so that once it shifts over there, the, the communication process shuts down. We go into survival mode, which is fight, flight, freeze, faint, or fawn. That's where we experience our symptoms of anxiety, depression, or traumatic mm. stress. And so all of a sudden now with the interventions and the way I do work now, mm. I really, um, I'm really concerned about getting the survival system to open up that healing process mm. and to stop closing it down. And hey, let's shift out of a survival state. You're safe. Mm. And so the interventions I use are interventions that speak in the native language of the survival system. 
which the native language of the survival system is the body. Its job is to keep mm. the body alive. Mm. So even though the body can be sending these messages of distress and danger and doom, uh, you know, we can use the body to keep sending messages of we're safe. Let's let mm. this healing happen. And all of a sudden that he, it responds instantly. And so we can really get in there and get that communication loop flowing nicely. And we know when this isn't working. We know when the communication loop is not working because we will be experiencing panic, mm. right? Because if the, if the survival system is sitting on top of this communication loop, not letting anything mm. through, but the body's doing its job of sending the information up, hey, this isn't safe. All of a sudden, it's like backing mm. up and kind of exploding and, and it's big because it's not going where it's supposed to mm. go. Yeah. And then if it doesn't get it through, it just keeps it back down in the body. The body has to store it. Right. And so, but if we can get that open, it's like, it's finished. And we also know because we'll have mental challenges like looping thoughts. We'll see the same thought over and over again. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be zipping through the process. Mm. So if it's not, that's a signal, Hey, this process is not completing. Mm. Right. If we're having, if we're, if we're running in the same cycle with other humans, something in there is not completing because our brain would, its job is to keep learning and growing and maturing. Why would it be bringing us back to the same cycle? Well, it hasn't figured it out yet. There's something in there that needs to resolve so that it can shift the, the cycle, create a new way of being with the person, place or thing. And so this is just really as simple as getting the full report in, letting your body be the instrument that it is, gather all that information and really get it processed. And so. But isn't it, yeah. isn't life so complex and our history, um, our living memory is so complex that you really need the time, the talk therapy to actually go through things, bring things up, um, mull them a bit around and maybe with you repeatedly bringing them up uh, putting less and less emotional uh upset or at, uh, dis disattached the emotions um from yeah. the the things so would that and not do the trick yeah so talk therapy i i l let me tell you why this is not my go-to and why i do not think this is the fastest fastest method to resolve symptoms. I, and let me also say, I do think talk therapy is really wonderful for support, for learning new things, for learning strategies, communication, um, so many things you can learn, but actually making symptoms stop, it, it is not the fastest way. And, um, and this is why is because all that neuroception and, and this little problem right here that we have with the survival system, when we use the talk therapy, we're using strategies that that work with the front of the brain there. We're talking, uh, we're working with the native language of the prefrontal cortex, where our values and morals and our problem solving and our, um, our creativity are, which is all wonderful, but that's not really where this problem of anxiety is. And so you can talk, 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 talk about it all you want to, but you're not really creating a lot of effect with the survival system. Right. And we need that. And just because you're talking about it, you're actually doing the work of loading what you want healed onto the loading dock, which is great. And all of a sudden you the loading dock is the, the, the parcel is moving up, but if it can't get past the survival system, there's no amount of talking that's going to help you get this information processed and get done with it. And so it keeps circling, circling, circling. And so what I really have people do is I have many people who, when processing their traumas, never talk about it at all. You don't have to in using influencing this part of the brain. You don't have to talk about your 
traumas, your abuse, your situations, which is incredibly liberating because talk therapy has been found to be re-traumatizing because you're doing this, you're loading up this work that you want done. And then you're trying to cram across the survival system. The survival system's like no way. And so then all of a sudden fireworks of symptoms are occurring. And sometimes that overloads the system and destabilizes us. And then we have other symptoms. And when this stuff is moving, this is what all of this pain trying to move through the system. And sometimes it really floods. It's like, we're going to get through this time and overwhelming. Um, It comes up or it's triggered up or we're talking about it. This is what suicidal thoughts are about. This is what depression is about. The brain, the depression, the brain starts to start numbing. Like I need us not to, to survive this flood of pain we are in right now. I need us to um, remove you mentally and consciously from the pain, but the pain is still surfacing in the mm-hmm. body. Right. And so the brain is using a numbing effect and a, and a, and a, a depression effect. And so um, we don't want to do that in healing. Mm-hmm. We want to make this as easy as possible. Plus pain is what shuts down the healing process. So we don't want to be talking about it and loading it up and pushing it through without opening the survival system, getting the the survival system on board with the healing process. And so um, a lot of times I will encourage people to grab an intervention and take it with you to your therapist's office and use it. If you're going to go do talk therapy, get, bring your survival system into the conversation because your body's going to be in the conversation. Yeah. You're going to start feeling it in your chest. Your, your gut's going to start being nauseous, whatever. Your tension at your thinking center is going to be there. You're going to be yakking away at it. Your survival systems, nobody's talking to it in its native language. And it's over there like, mm, mm. it's getting painful in here. Mm. Right? So we're just not working with brain function when we're using talk therapy the way we could be. And when we work against it, we really create more problems for ourselves. And it's, and what we're talking about, this is natural. This is how brains work. Mm. The reason why when we have babies and they come out and they're crying and we swaddle them up and then we pick them up and rock them and pat them is because we're actually working with their survival system to, even though they're getting all this stimulation going through their body, we're also sending messages to the survival system. It's safe. You can let all that information go. And the baby is learning how to be with oxygen and light and humans for the first time. And their learning system is open. Their body's communication process is open. This is why you have a child and they're throwing a fit and you can either let them throw the fit so that it completes, or you can give them a hug, or you can do something like this to help them open up their survival system. They're actually throwing the fit to open their survival system because we must engage the body to move emotion. Hmm. And there's no amount of head knowledge that will, if the, if this, if the information and the symptoms are in the body, they will not leave the mind period. And so I find that I just toss out the mind stuff entirely and just work this process. Not, okay. I'm, I'm lied. I lied. Okay. So you, I like to work with the mind to help load up and give people the option. Okay. Which symptom do you want to resolve? Right. Okay. Let's go get it. And let's go get it loaded up and get the body start talking about it. And then let's stand here and keep the survival system open. Right. So that's really what I like to do, but I, in, in training and right, this is my fun space. I want to learn how to work with the subconscious mind. So I teach people, I learn that and teach people how to do their, their work with their subconscious mind. The body has its own healing methods. And this has brought me into things like energy medicine, where You don't need to use the mind at all for the healing. You can actually help the body do its own healing work. 
which I would not have believed them because I'm pretty skeptical, but I, the results don't lie. <laughs> and when the body gets the work mm. complete, it's done. Mm. And so you can find that and you can test it. And all of a sudden people are behaving differently. They're saying different things. Mm. I have them go look for the symptom we were working on. And I hope you find it. Let's go. Uh, come on. And sometimes they do. And they're like, I, I woke up this morning. I had, you know, that sometimes people are really hammered with depression right when they get out of bed. That's a symptom that is not supposed to be there. What is that? Mm. Let's get your body resolving that. Right. So, and then I want you now that we're done with this session, go and check your check. When you wake up in the morning, look around for it. Mm. And if we can find pieces of it, great. Let's, let's do that work too. Let's get that process. If we don't fabulous. Right. So it's just a very much more measurable and predictable and fast process, because when I'm having them do this work with depression in the morning, it's a two minute intervention. Maybe I will have them do three, three rounds of an intervention. Okay. So maybe that takes six minutes Hmm. and, and, and symptoms resolve so fast. And we can go through one after another after that. And that's really what I do now, um, because I also understand that to resolve a disorder is not just about resolving symptoms, but it's also about helping your inner, your, your inner workings really create the functions that are needed to wire ourselves for wellness. And those of us who had complex childhood trauma and who had um, traumatic experiences that we did not have the nervous system support with, we did not have someone holding us and rocking us. We did not have someone comforting us and helping us to open up our survival system there are that means our survival system stayed in a state of distress for a really long time our whole body did and that means that there were things there our our system did not learn how to get dysregulated and to freak out and then to come back down so we have to repattern that now we have to our our system from the inside out has to learn how to go up and come down and in the beginning we want to really walk it to do that but soon we want to see it create its own process for this And that's what brains do. They create mastery. They're like, oh, that's how you do it. Okay, let me practice that. And then you help them, you help them, you help them. And then they're like, move out of the way. Let me see if I can do this by myself. And then they try and then you back them up a little bit. And then the next thing you know, you haven't thought about it again because your system is not bringing stuff into your awareness because when it's doing that, it's saying, I want help with this. I want help with this. We see this as, oh my gosh, a symptom. But really symptoms are the exact place. It's the communication of the exact place where the brain cannot resolve an issue. Mm. And so, and it's telling us, hey, I'm not, I need some help. And that's our, Mm. if we were in our tribal systems and our healthy family functions, we wouldn't even say, have, we'd say, we'd get some internal information that says, Hey, um, not doing so well. I need some help. We'd go to grandma, get a pat on the back and maybe they're there. Oh, Hey babe. Or here's some elaborate story that our subconscious mind was listening to and was like, Oh, I can do that. You know? And so there, there's a lot of stuff that, that helped our, our survival systems function well, Mm. that we lost as we have not been tribal, as we have, we have not been as physical and, um, and we have put less value on comfort and Uh, that sorts of stuff. And we are showing it our, the mental health is growing, right? We're losing that intuition of, you know, or, and we don't let our children throw fits on the floor. That's not okay. Right. Um, and for those of us who didn't get to throw the fits, that's a developmentally appropriate stage. So that means that there's stuff in there. The brain is learning how to process emotion. It's ugly. 
<laughs> first efforts are ugly, right? Learning how yeah. to ride a bike is kind of ugly. But right? I'm 56. I can't throw myself. I can't throw the toys out of the car. I know, isn't that right? <laughs> but you still have to, you still, but your brain still will need to go through that process. And that I really what I what I have people do is uh, I'll have them find a way to throw the fit in a in a socially acceptable way. When I found myself going through this and really needing to do this, which is so annoying. Right. I'm like, seriously, we're going to throw another fit. And my insides are like, yes, we are. And a pity party on top of that. How about that? <laughs> so and uh, so, so I, I I have them do it with an intervention, maybe in their journal, maybe in their car. Right. Mm-hmm. Someplace. And and if we can let ourselves go through this process, our brain learned, oh, I did it. I feel so much better now. And then pretty soon, you know, with children, what happens is they'll throw the fit and they'll eventually kick their foot on something while they're screaming. Out. And then the brain says, oh, well, we didn't take very good care of our body while we did that. Maybe we could do this thing without throwing ourselves around, you know, and then you see a progression. Right. And parents, I mean, there are parents like there are people that specialize in this. I don't. So I'm making up stories. But the the fact of the matter is, is that we don't if we we don't stay if we're in healthy development, we don't stay in uh, in these patterns for a long time. Mm. If we are being childish for a long time, that means we're not there's something Mm. stuck. Something Mm. is not moving through. Our brains Mm. are naturally maturation mastery centers. Nicely put, nicely put. You use a complete different angle to look at the ongoing resentment that so many people feel, the, the resentment, the anger, the 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 anger being being uh, yeah, yeah signs of of depression and signs of trauma of unresolved issues yeah. um oh my goodness. can i speak to that i'm just sure. going to be a hog a second because anger is really coming up a lot this week and anger is a very important energy that runs through our system that is natural and native to humans yeah and the body and mind convert this energy into kindness and assertiveness and healthy boundaries if you let it if you teach it, it how to do it. That's exactly right. If yeah. it doesn't learn how to make that conversion, mm. it will not. And then you will have to, it will be, it will be utilized by the survival system as energy for fight, flight, freeze, faint, or fawn. And we've seen that happen and it's mm. scary. Yeah. And if we were children where we had an adult demonstrate scary uses of, of, of anger, we think anger is dangerous. If we have children, if we're children and we see adults suppressing anger, that's how we are practicing learning how to work with that energy. And then our systems never develop the wiring to run and process and convert and harness Mm -hmm. anger and turn it into the awesome, awesome that it is. Mm -hmm. And for instance, I I have a client that um, they're staying in a situation that they should not be in anymore. And they're mad and they're, they're not mad. Actually, they are choosing a Zen happy place. And, but I can tell that they're very mad. (laughs) they have dissociated from their anger Mm -hmm. so they cannot tell how mad they are right and they're choosing they're zenning out and so it occurs to me i'm like and they don't like it they're not happy but they're in from they're they are not receiving that information at the top it's only in the body and you can see them because they're they're taking these deep breaths, their shoulders are tense, but they're not connected to that. So I really started bringing this up. I was like, you know what you need? We need to liberate that anger and get it moving. 
And then, but we, you know, it, we have to work, we have to build a framework for it, right? We have to start the, the hot, we have to open the roads. We have to create roads and highways and we need to get, you know, if we just say, Hey, we're just going to let this anger out and there's no wiring for it. It's going to be an explosion of awful. That's going to reinforce anger is bad. Right? So how so do you turn it, how do you turn it into a positive constructive force? Uh, well, there's tons of tricks about this, but at the fundamental level, you find it and maybe you stay away from it. Maybe you see it in your mind across the road, or maybe you see it in your mind as a lake of awful on the way other side of the earth, whatever. Or maybe you go sit in it and you just put it with a little bubble around you. Who knows? And the thing is, you need to be aware of it and just start using an intervention through my strategy. When I practice this with energy medicine, I will hold anger points on the body. There are points. Um, that you can hold for two minutes that will help the body process mm. this stuff. And we want to bring all players on board because sometimes it's too much for the mind. Mm. But the truth is, if you can move a little bit of anger, your system's like, hmm, interesting, that's new, right? And then it's, it'll like tolerate you. Oh, can, we, can we find a little bit more? Mm. Okay, and then we can go move a little bit more and then a little bit more and the system's getting accustomed to it. Mm. And then there's a little bit of bravery that happens in there. It says, hmm, I wonder if we could be angry about this. I don't know. I think we're scared. So we're processing the survival uh, system response to even yeah. the idea of being angry yeah. and that anything that your brain looks at, it's going to start building all the programming for. And so one of the tricks is just to find a safe way to look at it. Like if I show you a picture, your brain is going to start looking at it. It's yeah. going to start making connections. Oh, this reminds me of this. Like there's a lot of brain activity. And so just having somebody look at their anger in a safe way which yeah. can be done in talk therapy, will load that for healing. But if we don't get the system open, none of that will get through the brain won't. We need the brain to learn to take the energy of anger or sadness or grief or jealousy or rage. And we need to just take a little bit and get it through. Hmm. And that's enough for it to start learning. Oh, we could actually do something different with this. Okay. And I like to stay on it long enough because we need to build the whole system for it. We need to build the experience. We need to get the muscles going strong yeah. enough. We need to keep it top of mind for a yeah. moment. So I'll have people spend a week or two right there and, and we're getting that going. Then we can move to another project. Well, I, mm. I have people do multi, brains can multitask. So I mm. uh, will have them do as many as they are able to. And, um, but, and then we'll switch to another task. It'll tell us your, your brain will tell us when it needs help. Hmm. Or you'll see it. You'll see, oh, I got a little angrier than I was comfortable with. Hmm. Or I started to feel like it was too much. And so I just shut down. Great. That lets us know that there was a challenge in there. Let's go back, review it and get it processed. And then if we go look, have take your brain to go look at the, the explosion that was about to happen, your brain will start making wiring for it. Hmm. Right. But some of us are moving so fast. We don't even know what we should be looking at, where we want to point and shoot our brain. Like yeah. uh, we get to guide our brain to build the wiring we need. But when you grow up with complex childhood trauma and you're missing all this wiring, you just think that's normal. Because mm. it is. Is there, I mean, can we do, can we do yeah. an exercise together to we actually see um, your, your technique or one of your techniques in action? Yeah. Because I'm certainly, if I look at myself, it is um, just shitloads of things are happening. Uncertainty in the world, uncertainty around me, financial winter coming. So there is a lot of activation of my fight and flight going on. Not yet to the level where I bring out the not so nice guy. And I've got two not so nice guys out of interest. There's one 
one not so nice guy okay he is an idiot um he is in distress and he's lashing out now he's mm, i've yes. learned to keep him away um i've got another guy in there he is an ice cold warrior when he comes out emotions disappear there is mm-hmm. a crystal clear vision there um this is a man who can walk over corpses and has wow. no feeling he is actually beautiful i'm scared of him but he has helped me through some hard times and right. he is beautiful so therefore there is a positive side to those things that's exactly they are there for a reason they are there to help us survive so within all means but unfortunately um i'm left with me um i don't want a crazy dude uh the ice cold warrior i'm a bit scared of him uh keep him keep him resting for a time being but maybe there is something that you can teach me how to deal with this activation of fight and flight that inevitably this this world right now is putting on me every day yeah let's do it and i want to say about those two parts um those are those are parts and information that are not yet integrated into the self and and we have them we i think we will always be finding these parts i find them um and they they for me they become more and more subtle or every once in a while i find somebody and i'm like oh gosh where have you been all my life um <laughs> and so um so there it's really wonderful to connect to pay attention to them and just start using an intervention that's a little bit more of a complex thing to do um it's a more complex process but it's it's phenomenal because instead of them pushing you out of the driver's seat you get to stay in the driver's seat when they're here and get advice and and use all their resources and mm. their strength while being yourself, mm. right? Because the two become one, right? Instead of us being fragmented, mm. we become one and more whole mm. and more. And that means we have more tools in our toolbox. Mm. A lot of times with trauma, we're just left with one hammer. You can't build a beautiful house with one hammer. <laughs> to you know, you can't. And great, you might be the world's best hammerer because you mm. will work this tool. And that's what we do. We'll develop superpowers. But having said, I could go on and on. Let's try this out. <laughs> and I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna um, provide, uh, I would like to use emotional freedom techniques. And I invite the, the viewers and the listeners to um, come along with us on this journey and, by, and also take full responsibility of your wellness while using these interventions. And I'll tell you that um, we're gonna be working to open your survival system. That's why we're using this. And um, there are no known side effects with emotional freedom techniques, which is really interesting and wonderful. There are interventions like EMDR that have some awful gnarly side effects if they're not the right fit for you. So this one is really one you can just kind of pass out like lollipops and do some really powerful (laughs) work. So, um, so I want to guide everyone to find something stressing them now, some little anxiety, not a big one, but just one that's like, man, if I could get this off the load, that'd be great. Okay. And now that you have that one, I want you to ask yourself, what's so bad about this? And just see the first thing that comes up in your mind. Okay. And then while you're holding that in your mind, I want you to ask, well, what's so bad about this? Okay, first responses are good enough because we want to take things in the order of importance to your brain. Okay, and then 
usually no rule to that. But now while you're holding that image in your mind, I want you to check out your body and I want you to see your body's response to that. What's so bad about that? And just notice your body has something to say about this too. Mm. And that it's participating. Okay. And now I want you to go ahead and tap on the side of your hand. This is the karate chop point. Um, the side of your hand that's opposite your thumb. Um, the fluffy part. And you're tapping there. These are light. They can be there on top of the skin. Some people don't like their body touch at all. You can tap outside of your hand in the field. In your energy field out there. Um, right over the point. And so, and then you need about three to 10 taps. Some people will take more, some people will do less, some people will rub, whatever, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Just do it, do your thing. Which and then side? I have you, you can do both sides or just one. Some people like both. Mm -hmm. um, I switch back and forth. There's no rule to that. Okay. And so, and then I want you to tap on your eyebrow points, the beginning of your eyebrow points by your nose on the eyebrow hair area, and then outside your eyes in the corner. And just think about that body response and what's so bad about that, just a little bit. And under your eye, we just wanna load it up on there. Make sure your brain knows exactly what we're working on here. Under your nose, under your lip. And there's collarbone points. You have these round collarbone things. You're gonna come an inch under them and just a little inch out. You, you don't have to be perfect on this, just be close. That's, that's perfect, it, that's perfect. It, all of it anywhere near there is perfect and under your arms this is under your armpits about four inches on the side if you, if you were wearing a bra it would be in the middle of your bra strap on the side and then there's a point on, on on your ribs under your under your nipples like an inch under your nipple maybe two on your ribs there that's an anger point anger towards yourself I like to include that one. And then if you were gonna shake someone's hand and you're, the part of your thumb that's looking straight at you, I want you to tap on that. And then leave your hand in that position and then come tap on top of the finger point by your nail. And then your middle finger, same by the nail, pinky finger by the nail, and then tap the side of your hand. I'm gonna add two more points. One is in the back of your hand be on, uh, between the, the ring finger and pinky finger uh, bones, and then top of your head. Just think about that stressor and in your body. And so now I want you just to go ahead and peek into that stressor. And just see what you notice is how's your body responding? Did the intensity go up? Did it stay the same? Did it change? Did it shift to another area of your body? It's hard to to answer that because, well, first of all, the symptom is gone uh, to to say so. But at the same token, automatically my conscious brain went through a lot of moves there, and I thought, oh, okay, I recognize that. And that is uh, acupressure points. Yeah. These are energy points uh, that okay. I, I know from acupuncture, uh, right. etc., and from other healing modalities. And right. it is actually intriguing that you're tapping um, actually makes a lot of sense if you now suddenly think about energy flow and chi and, and right, those exactly. kind of things. If you came from an from an Eastern uh, philosophy or, me or medical mentality, um, interesting. But it had a clear effect on me. Uh, it had, it calmed me. No two ways around yeah. that. Yes. Uh, intriguing. 
Wonderful. Uh, Wonderful. And, and so what happens here is that we help your brain complete the process. Right. And so it, it takes this stuff and you can feel the intensity. You can feel the, your body's giving you a report. Your head's got some mm. stuff going on about it. And when, because it's getting through the survival system, it's like it's coming out of the body. Right. It's just being processed. The communication's going and you hold it there as long as your body wants to communicate. So sometimes it's a couple rounds. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm done. I've, I've had enough. I've said all the things I have to say. I'm going back to work. I got things to do. I got heartbeats <laughs> to do, you know. <laughs> and, um, and, and it goes back to receiving information for you instead of holding and storing that information driving you nuts with the same thing over and over and over nobody wants to be followed around by that right so um, another thing that you'll notice is that um, your body will calm and then you'll notice um, you'll notice more insights occurring and you'll notice an increase in um, in uh, like logical reasoning because now we're, we're moving the energy from the body past the survival system fight or flight and into the thinking center where reasoning and rat and mm. and understanding and putting words to thoughts and feelings occurs and and mm. solutions problem solving and so you're going to see those things happen that's it that's all we're doing mm. and now we get out of the kitchen like we let the cooks cook <laughs> mm. so i don't mess around with that stuff they will let us know hey i'm going to need some salt and some bell peppers you know and then your body's going to say i have that over somewhere in your elbow, in your yeah. knee, or just, you know, and then we just deliver the goods and they make this beautiful stuff. And we see if we like the results, if we don't like the results, which is often when we're trying something new, right? The bike riding, we're like, mm, you need to work on that. So, you know, we can keep tapping to help process the information because sometimes when we're riding our bike as adults, maybe we're having a conversation with somebody and it hurt and maybe our, you know, so our system has to process that hurt as well. And so we, we have so many opportunities to help our brain practice this and to really create that wellness and support ourselves. The other thing you have to say is that you just took control of the situation. You were no longer a victim by taking action. You decided to take action. And it didn't matter really if to start off with, if this was highly promising or not promising at all, but you did something. And to take action is such a powerful step. It removes you from the pity party. It removes you from, from, a place where you can't do anything about it to actually I can do something about it and it's totally. it's the first step that often then leads to other steps and before you know it you're walking and it's That's it's right. beautiful and so therefore by actually you taking control yeah. with that and with a, with a very effective and logical intervention now that I see what you do that makes perfect sense before right. you know and, it and you, the action is a natural part of this yeah, process yeah there's like all this procrastination right uh, um we talked about that a little bit all this procrastination that's because this process isn't completing it, uh, it's not at action step uh, yet your system can't create the action you want yeah. and it's trying it's circling and that's why when we notice ourselves in procrastination a simple thing to do not needing a ton of skill is just go ahead and use your eft on it and help your brain process. Well, I'm not doing this because I remember when, you know, mom said this two years ago and this happened and that happened and I'm scared to do it. Or these, if I do that, it'll hurt this person's feelings. And I got the conflict and I don't know how to resolve the conflict. And now you're helping your brain resolve that stuff mm -hmm. and get solutions because your brain can make solutions to these things mm -hmm. and we want it to, and it should be.
So, yeah. And again, for those of you, for those of you out there who are thinking, ah, what a mumbo jumbo, that energy crap. Yeah, right. If you were to go to an osteopath or a chiropractor, a good chiropractor, they don't just reset your bones. They actually activate muscles. And there's a whole science of muscle activation yeah. out there that gives balance and strength to the body and uh, helps you change uh your your the whole system over and i've i've yeah. experienced it recently with with my osteopath i just came for a, for a um, you know not a checkup even maintenance let's call it like that i had no symptoms and he took me through a few exercises uh, just checked me out and i was gobsmacked i was one arm in a certain movement tried to keep it like like so i couldn't against the, the mildest resistance i thought what the hell what's going on and he sort of fiddled exactly where you were saying, which is actually the activation point of the serratus, uh, serratus muscle. He did that. Okay, now let's try again. Bing. He yep. just switched that on. So literally, yep. he changed my literally. physiology. Exactly. So therefore, guys, this is what we have been doing is not mumbo jumbo. That is actually um, reminding a very complex thing of our body that the body actually you know body did you realize you have actually forgotten to switch the lights on in that room um or actually you know <laughs> really the aircon can't work if you keep that door closed so you know it actually makes sense yeah. so even if you're a bit skeptical out there um may i suggest what could you possibly lose okay i always say yeah, give everything a try Unless, of course, it's a it's a Mexican wonder healer, which gives you some snake oil for the cheap price of ten thousand US dollars. Um, then I hit you over the head and say, "Give me the money! Come on, I can do ten thousand. Ten thousand, make it twenty. Come on, no, okay." So no bullshit out there, but something like what Rachel is saying makes a hell of a lot of sense, and it I can see where it comes from. And if you if you still have doubts. I've had other guests who were talking about similar things, um, where the, the trauma-focused yoga or, or things like that. There are actually very clear approaches that work on the body to yeah. very quickly work yeah. through problems of the mind. And yeah. that is the most beautiful, beautiful thing. So guys, don't, don't put it away because you've got some prejudices in your head. No, come along on the journey expose yourself to new techniques because who knows you don't know what you don't know so you need to expose yourself to it give it a shot and chances are you will not look back again and think wow where that is a new tool and suddenly your toolbox gets bigger and your skill set gets bigger That's right. fair enough to say rachel not everything works for everyone at every time um Exactly. So there will be some some times when you're in the middle of a board meeting or uh, giving a big presentation. You can't just do it a little, 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 little bit. People look at you a bit funny, and unless unless you make the whole board meeting. That's come on, guys. We'll do two minutes of break, and they think, what the fuck? And you, and you start doing it with everyone. Now that's an icebreaker if I've seen I one. I wish that would happen. That exactly. was very inclusive of the fact that we all are here with brains. Okay. Would, would it not? Would it not? 
Exactly. No, when I gave lectures, etc., we often would say, come on, guys, let's stand up, let's stretch, and let's actually do some physical exercise. And if you go to the, to the really high-end sort of uh, big coaches, the, the Tony Robbins of this world, man, this is a physical workout and a half because he is using the body so much. Um, yes. So you, you, you're yes. using only your brain and sitting there and pondering might not actually be the right way. So, Rachel, what, oh, no. what you have introduced me today to uh, and reinforced to a certain degree, you actually opened uh, opened my own mind towards new skills or towards skills that I knew or had heard about, but I didn't put them into the bigger theme. Now yeah. that I know a bit more about it, and you looked at them from a different angle, you helped me look at them. Um, I'm very happy to introduce them and uh, and use them more regularly. So that is yeah, actually really wonderful. beautiful. So I Rachel, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> hear about your results. Well, exactly, exactly, Rachel. It's about it, that. Well, it's about it? the results. It's about not suffering. It's about joy. It's about like mm. dropping this baggage. Yeah, connecting. Touche, touche. Ending the loneliness, right? Yeah. I could go on. Oh no, that and and absolutely. Hey, look, uh, if if uh, people like what you said and uh, you really ring a bell with them, um, how can they find you? Um, what is the best yeah. way of them communicating with you? Yeah, the best way to find me is on my website at rachelmcleod.com, and um, and my name is spelled like Rochelle. I'm sure he'll you'll have the links available, um, but. This is a great place to jump in. I am talking about this. I have a, a, a give trainings here. I also have workshops where we actually get to work. Mm. Um, I offer private lessons and intensive coaching. And I my curriculum for resolving disorders in a self-study, in a, the roadmap for that is available online yeah. as well as an online program. So there's lots of opportunities to jump in. I my my whole purpose is to empower people to do their own healing work. Even when I'm working Beautiful. with my own clients, I really want them to be able to take care of their brain. And so that's stuff I make available to people. And um, you can find that on my website. Beautiful. Guys, just look down there into the uh, the podcast uh, show notes and the YouTube show notes. Uh, it's all down there. Uh, check it out. Uh, you you can only enrich in your life. That is that is how I look at all those things. Rachel, I'm I'm so grateful that I had you on my show. Um, it uh, made me relook at things that I took for granted, but I actually had not implemented them into my own life. Um, it's so often you you uh, you need that little reminder that little little push uh, into something. And I'm very grateful. So I felt thoroughly pushed today. Um, and you pushed literally my buttons. You pushed my buttons in all the right ways. I like I that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for coming onto my show. Thank you for having me. Absolute really pleasure. And you guys out there, live with passion and look after yourself. Bye. <laughs>